News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, when Bridget Jones' diary hit the US shelves 25 years ago, the book was a phenomenon. But has the best selling novel aged well? Tanya Sweeney, Irish independent columnist, joins us now. Um, I read with great interest as a piece in the, in the London Times this morning, Tanya, um, and it's, it's, it's lambasting a piece in the New York Times and the New York Times basically says Bridget Jones is an anachronism it's not progressive it's fat shaming it's it's neurotic and it's more or less dreadful do you agree? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of do yeah do you? Um, I love this media on media shaming yeah I know fantastic. yeah I, I, I do and I don't right so in defence of Bridget um, listen, she, she broke through a, gra- a glass ceiling, right? Back 25 years ago, you know, being a single woman was not the experience it is now, you know. Because of Bridget and then her kind of, success, you know, successors like Carrie Bradshaw and then her sort of confessional successors like, you know, even Sharon Horgan, Tina Fey, Lena Dunham, you know, they, they all sort of turned, you know, that kind of, the focus firstly on the female experience and the single female experience, but they kind of made, you know, not having a boyfriend, you know, a little more fashionable and a little less kind of pathetic than it was at the time, you know. So for that reason, you know, I will always doff my cap to Bridget and her ilk, you know. But those reports are right. I mean, it did kind of... um, it did kind of wither on the vine a little bit, you know. I mean, if you look at it now, I mean, I think the last time we checked in on Bridget Jones, she was kind of 51. She was um, a single mom. And look, any kind of uh, woman who has been on her own for any length of time, you know, does get to be a little bit self-sufficient. Bridget can't even send an email, you know. And I think that always bothered me about Bridget Jones. You know, she was, especially in the movies, you know, she was a single woman. She was, she had her fantastic urban family. You know, she had a great life, great job in TV. And yet she was completely inept, you know. And but but was you know, it like I, I think that's she was hapless, sure. doesn't? And actually, do you know what I saw? Um, Bridget Jones' Baby, that film, I think it was the third film, mm. was on TV on yeah. Sunday. So I saw a, a bit of it only a day or two ago. Mm. And there's parts of it, Tanya, that are actually hilarious. Like they actually are very very funny. She's in labour. She's with two guys. She doesn't know which of them is the father. And they're in gridlock yeah. because there's a protest in London. So they're carrying her physically mm. to the hospital by like unceremoniously by arms and legs, and they can't even yeah. fit through the revolving door. And it's slapstick. And I was crying laughing at it. Like it, it absolutely, it, yeah. The physical comedy is great, and I think the whole point of that is, you know, and like you say, the hapless persona is that Bridget Jones is lovable just as she is. That was the whole kind of arc of the whole thing, you know. But at the same time, any single woman I know who has been on her own for any length of time, you know, fosters a real sense of, of kindness and independence and they're not kind of faffing about in work and, you know. Yeah, but that's, that's you not know, kind funny, of, right? And I, in praise of Bridget, what I would say to you is, is like... I remember the, the 90s when this was initially mm. a, a kind of a set. And that was mm. back in a time when people would have quite openly said without a, a, a trace of, of, of irony, or women aren't funny. They're just not funny. And, and Bridget Jones gave a voice to haplessness and humour exactly. and, and a female comedy that didn't maybe exist and also did represent, you know, did fly the flag for, as they were called, singletons as opposed to smug marrieds. And, and, and you know... Yeah. I, I I don't know that we have to be I too po that stuck in my craw was the self-flagellation over the cigarettes and the shard. You know, she used to write the diary, obviously. 
and she would, you know, kind of, there would be all this sort of self-flagellation over the cigarettes. I weigh eight and three quarter stone, I weigh ten and a half stone every day. That really bothered me. You know, I think she crept up to something like nine stone and it was an absolute catastrophe. And, you know, that's all fine. There is a certain type of woman that that, you know, speaks to, you know, that kind of way. And and that woman does exist. But, you know, I I just don't think it aged particularly well, to be honest. And, and and here's a question for you. Like I like that kind of woman does exist. And is it not okay that that they are like certainly of of her era and of her time? I remember being like I'm slightly younger than Bridget in that I was in my twenties in the nineties and she was in her thirties. But like you know, people kind of worried about their weight and worrying about their calorie intake and worrying about their smoking and their drinking and their lives. That was kind of, uh, it was funny because it was true. Well, that's obviously why the book was successful. I mean, it did obviously hit on something that hadn't been hit on in a while, you know. And like you say, there was plenty of, of kind of, you know, male funny writers and there was an, a massive amount of, of female readers that were not being spoken to, yeah. you know. And the reason the book is as successful as it is, is because she she found that gap, uh, Helen Fielding, you know. She obviously wrote her her column in the Telegraph, I think it was, and it, it sparked something, you know, and they turned it into a book rightly. And yeah, it, it obviously did speak uh, to. I mean, the funny thing is, if you speak to a 30-something woman today, I just don't think they're going to necessarily relate to that kind of pining or that. I, I mean, a lot of the, the single women I know are like, being single is great and yes, I'm totally into And I get that, but, but course, so it's very just because you know? 30-year-olds today maybe have, have are a little different, it doesn't make them right or better. Surely surely it's valid that, that people have different... Like, ageism is one of the great discriminations that we're allowed to throw around in society. Surely surely the experiences of people of a generation ahead of 30-year-olds today, their experience is allowed, you know, be valid too. I want to ask you well, one... it's la- allowed to exist, but they're not... They've no right to make it... You know, they will think of it as naff and old-fashioned and rightly so. Mm. <laughs> Last question for you. Nick Hornby, who would have written in the same era about kind of mm. men's, you know, inner voice and, and also slightly mm-hmm. comedic and also slightly neurotic and also worrying about relationships and all. I wonder, would he, will he ever be um, put through the ringer like this, the way Helen Fielding is, despite the fact that he's probably less well, the successful? Re- the reason Helen Fielding is being put through the ringer is because Richard Jones is such a, a massively important cultural phenomenon. Like, I don't even remember the name of the guy, Rob, in, in High Fidelity. <laughs> you see, you, know? you do. But you it, do. Did not spe- it did not speak to its readership the way the Bridget Jones... The reason, and, you know, this is a good thing. The reason, you know, I'm on the radio talking about it right now and, you know, the New York Times and whoever else are writing about it is because it was such a massive phenomenon and it fed so much and forcefully into mainstream culture you know that's yeah, why no, we're talking abso- about it, it did- like I don't know when High Fidelity came out I presume around the same time I you know 20, 30 years ago yeah but look, like you know and it was a great book I loved it but we're not talking about it anymore there you are look thank you for coming on and discussing it with me I really do appreciate that is uh, Tanya Sweeney there independent columnist mm. um, we're still I, talking about Fever Pitch which was his I, first book by the way I like uh, um, Bridget just as she is it's, just as you are Bridget do you know what it's just funny and that's it yeah. uh, the best fight scene I've ever seen in a film is between Hugh Grant and Colin Firth oh it's, it's just, brilliely it is absolutely that, that, brilliant the, the ludicrous kicks and punches the landing on the table I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'll, we'll pay for in it in and out of fountains so I know and it's uh, brilliant most American song ever on July the 4th we were asking gotta be American Music by the Violet Femmes oh good choice News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with AIR on News Talk